The new year and resolutions go hand in hand. On today's show, we'll outline some ways to give your retirement accounts a financial work. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Now, Steve is a best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. We blow the whistle on financial fouls, at least Steve does. Laurel Wealth Solution is where you'll find him. You can find his website, laurelws.com. That's Laurel ws.com and encourage you to check that out steve is a fiduciary he's independent been helping folks for more than 20 years get to and through retirement and uh, this is uh, the today we're going to cover a lot of ground and uh, we, the time goes by so quickly hi steve how are you I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Very, very well, thanks. And, and uh, you know, you talk about a financial workout. Well, I mean, that that's one way to look at it. I think a lot of us say, well, I'm going to lose weight. But I think if we look at our retirement accounts and, and yeah, let's give them a workout. You're our coach. So let's go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's let's start with the biggest one. And this is the one that, um, you know, I devoted one of the very early chapters to my book to. And that's the well-defined goal. What do I mean by a well-defined goal? You actually have to sit down and think if you're nearing retirement, what are the things that you're going to do in retirement? And so let's break it down very, very kind of simple. So when you stop working, we all know that the paycheck stops, right? But also 40 or 50 or 60 hours, however long you're working every week, that also stops, right? Commuting stops, going into the office stops if you've been going into the office. Um, also, a part of your identity kind of stops, right? Because for years, when you first meet someone, oh, what do you do for work, right? So, um, so all of those, all of those things can have not just a impact on you mentally; it can have an impact on your finances. And so, you have to really give some thought to how you're going to spend your day. Once you do that, then you can assign a cost. Now, no one wants to retire and live a worse lifestyle than what they're living now. So one of the easiest ways to kind of create a baseline is to look at what your lifestyle is costing you now and look at it realistically. Don't plan on the 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 facts as they are, not the facts as you wish they were. Right. right? <laughs> what we I see a lot of times is people say, when we, I go through a, a spending exercise with all of my prospects and clients, and I... I will go through that exercise and a lot of times I'll say, this is what your lifestyle is costing you. And they'll say, oh, that's way, that's way too much. And then we, we go back through the numbers and they say, oh yeah, that, that I guess it is. I never thought of it like that. Cause we tend to look at our, our costs or our expenses in fixed increments. Well, I pay this much for power. I pay this much for water. I pay this much for real estate taxes, but you're also spending money on gas groceries that you're not really accounting for in your head, going out to dinner, your kids hitting you up for money. So um, those things all, all factor in. So you want to look forensically at your spending. And so you want to look at what what's going out the door, what's being deposited and what's going out the door. So if you made, say, over the course of the year, say you made $60,000 worth of deposits, you didn't take any of that 60000 and put it into an investment account or pay off any debt or buy a one, have any large one-time expenses, and your savings balance grew by 5,000 over the course of the year, then you spent 55,000 of that 60,000 that came in. 
And that's a much more realistic way to look at your lifestyle expenses. And then you, you, you carve in that well-defined goal and you figure out what kind of things that you're going to spend a little bit more money on and you come to a realistic assumption. And then you see, all right, am I on pace to do that? I like that, Steve. I mean, you lay it out there in such no-nonsense terms. It's easy to understand. That's so important. And I think that once once we begin to look at things like that, and we working working with somebody like you can really give us the confidence that we need to to get into retirement because a lot of it's confidence too. We got to feel good about it, right? And and knowing causes confidence, right? So. What was it? I think it was G.I. Joe that used to say, like, knowing's half the battle. Or <laughs> so, um, but that's, uh, you know, that's, but that's the, the idea. So when you have uncertainty, uncertainty leads to anxiety. It also leads to procrastination, right? Because you don't know if you're ready to retire. So what planning does is it clears up, it clarifies that ambiguity. And that's, that's all planning. That's not just retirement distribution planning. It's estate planning. It's everything. Anytime you do planning, the goal of planning is to clear up ambiguity and, and, and create more certainty. And certainty leads ultimately to happiness. When you feel, when you feel uncertain about something, it's hard to be happy. It's easy to be anxious. Of course, yeah. Well, and one of the other really most important part or one of the most important parts of getting having a plan put together in retirement is you have to create that income and that ever-increasing income over time. Yeah, no, and so you have to be aware that inflation is going to happen in your retirement. And as a retiree, you're going to experience more inflation, even if you're 100% healthy. The reason being is that your health your healthcare premiums are going to jump with your age. And so you're going to experience higher higher inflation, even if you're completely healthy uh, in retirement than you did pre-retirement, number one. Number two, you're still going to have taxes. Some people think, oh, I retire. I'm not going to have to pay taxes because I'm retired. Like there's a magical switch that <laughs> the IRS forgets to tax you because you're retired. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, sure. That's going to happen. <laughs> and so so people don't consider the tax impact on their money, which is which is crazy. And, you know, and then... You want to. The reason we started off talking, breaking down most of this this segment on breaking down the expense figure. The reason you want to know that is because you want to know. All right, do I have enough income to meet my lifestyle? And if you don't, then you need to recreate a check. And wouldn't it be nice to know how big of a check you need to recreate and how much money you need to allocate to to recreating that check? And that's ultimately what planning does. And that that spins off into so many other avenues too. It, it it helps with making the decision on whether or not to start social security at full retirement or wait till 70 or take it early. Knowing the numbers and knowing the projected spending, it's the linchpin that puts the whole the whole plan together. And so once we have that spending figure or we have we can we can determine your asset allocation. We can we can understand when it's advantageous for you to start social security. We can look at how much of a check we need to recreate. So all of these things come up and then we overlay in some kind of unknown, right? So people say, and I talk about this a lot in my book, is that people say, oh, this is an unexpected expense. Well, a lot of these unexpected expenses, if you took the time and thought about it when you were doing the initial planning, they can be reasonably expected. At some point, in your retirement, you probably are going to need major dental work. That shouldn't be an unexpected expense. 
right? Right. Um, so you, you should have some money on the side. Uh, we call that the liquid bucket, some money that's available that's going to help with those unexpected expenses. And, you know, it, it starts with a conversation. It's We talked last week about kind of baby steps and going into things gradually. And, you know, we, we make ourselves available to our listeners every week. We have 15 spots available and we will, we will have that conversation with you and we'll put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan free of charge. Free of charge. I like the way that sounds, Steve. Folks, take advantage of it. 800-705-9995. 15 callers right now. Gets that comprehensive financial review. You're going to see, yep, this is where I am today. But this is exactly what we've been talking about. You'll see how you're going to get to where you want to be when it comes to retirement. That's the purpose of the plan. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. When we come back, we'll highlight some expenses that can eat into your retirement savings. We are back on the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show where uh, Steve blows the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, best-selling author, Cookie Cut This. Uh, he's got a really a one-stop shop. You do, uh, you do Social Security planning as well, don't you, Steve? I do. Anything related to retirement distribution planning and ultimately estate planning. I don't get into uh, drafting the legal documents, right. even though I, I, I am an attorney. I don't practice. Right. So, but I can. That's steer the best you kind the of right attorney, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, you know, I can steer you in the right direction with that because ultimately the end of a retirement distribution plan is an estate plan, right? Well, that's and how it, all of our that's how all of our retirements are going to end. It, well, exactly, <laughs> and I, and I think and that's a, that's a subject and, and a topic that people don't really want to talk about because we're talking about the end, and, and most of us don't want to talk about that. But it's so important to have that you know that piece of your retirement plan attached and up to date and current. I mean that. I mean again, if you're if we're thinking about the new year, make that happen, right? Right, and it's so important to know. And this is, you know, why I spent the beginning of the show talking about the well-defined goal. It's so important to make a realistic projection of spending, because if you're going to have extra money at the end of the day, and that money is going to be earmarked for someone, if that money is earmarked for, say, a charity, there are things that you could be doing today that would benefit you today and still benefit the charity. So knowing where the money is ultimately going to end up at the end of your retirement is helpful in actually making decisions about your retirement. Well, you just kind of reverse engineer things. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I like that. But uh, so let's go back to the beginning. And as we get closer to retirement, we have to talk about debt, and we need to eliminate as much as we can. Certainly, consumer debt, Steve, is is a big no no. Yeah. So I, you know, we all kind of want to get into to retirement debt free, but let's not all debts are created equal. Okay. Right? Fair enough. So. If you have kind of run amok with the credit cards and you have um, cards that are, you know, double digit interest rates, that's those are bad debts to have in retirement. That is a, a killer um, of a retirement distribution plan. So you want to eliminate any kind of high interest debt. Um, things where you're paying, if you're paying more than 6% interest on something, you want to, you want to work to get rid of that. And you want to, Get rid of it in reverse order, meaning you want to pay off the highest interest rate stuff first. Um, and you have to really be disciplined and create a strategy on how you're going to do that. So it, and 
let me kind of give this caveat because I, I hear this a lot of times from people who are in debt. Oh, I'm not worried about the fact that I have a, a large credit card balance because I, what I do is every six months, I switch it to another zero balance transfer. Well, what you're doing there is you're playing financial musical chairs. At some point, there won't be a zero balance transfer you to, for you to transfer into. And now you have a, a, a spiraling amount of debt and you're paying 16, 17% on it. And then you're, you're making decisions not from a position of strength, but from a position of panic to where you're saying, I don't want to pay this 24% interest. I need to find the money from somewhere. And so that's how bad decisions happen. So you definitely want to get rid of any kind of high interest rate debt uh, before you retire. And you know, a lot of people will advise you against taking a 401k loan. Now, the if you're paying 17% on to a credit card company and you're living paycheck to paycheck, but you have a seven-figure balance in your 401k and you could borrow against the 401k, even if that means having to lower your contribution slightly, right, to offset the, the loan repayment, the interest on the 401k loan is going to be significantly less and you're paying it back to yourself, essentially. And so, I mean, that's a, that's a situation where you, you're eliminating, you're, 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 yes, you're making your paycheck smaller, but you're also eliminating the monthly payment on the credit cards. No, Steve, all I was going to say is common sense. That's what you're talking about here. You don't hear a lot of financial advisors talk the way you do. And it just makes sense. You're, you know, you're talking to, you're talking to real people and, and making things again, that, that kind of understandable and why sometimes things do make sense. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's, it's common sense, but for some reason we don't use it. it with <laughs> Ain't our, that with our the truth. <laughs> and, and so, and, and like taxes, right? So sure. I had this, this same, this same conversation with someone. And I feel like I have this conversation with clients on a regular basis where someone says, I really want to pay off my mortgage. It doesn't make sense for me to just take a, take a big chunk out of my retirement the year I retire. Cause I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket and just, I have $60,000 left on my, my, my mortgage. Why don't I just take 60,000 out of my, my, my retirement account and pay it to the mortgage? Well, your mortgage is probably a two or three, 4% debt, right? You're taking, and again, this is common sense, but we don't stop and think it through in our head, right? You're taking 60,000 out of your retirement account. You're losing the growth on that retirement asset, number one. Number two, you're paying income taxes. Our income taxes are incremental. So you're probably moving from a 12% tax bracket, theoretically, to a 22% tax bracket. So now you're paying an extra 10% in taxes on that distribution because you're, you're catapulting yourself into a higher bracket, whereas that debt is not that bad of a debt. You know, so... Again, low interest rate debt carrying in a, a low interest rate. I know psychologically there's some benefit to not having the mortgage, but you're you're much better served not having um, a, a huge tax bill. And so you want to consider taxes in retirement, and you want to make you want to do strategies that make good common sense. Sure. And one more thing that I I, I definitely want to touch on is fees, right? This is the area where we lack the, the least amount of common sense, right? Okay. So we, and it, it always blows my mind when you meet with someone who um, is super frugal, 
where they're, you know, they won't, you know, they, they, they won't spend money on a vacation, right? They're, they're workaholics. They don't, but they'll pay an advisor $30,000 a year and not even blink. And so analyzing your fees and looking at your 401k, I don't, almost every single person, when they become a client of mine, when I look at their 401k, they're in the highest cost options. And typically they're paying an extra half of a percent or, you know, four tenths of a percent usually for some type of a robo advisor, like a financial engines. That's just, all they're doing is, is rebalancing into the exact same funds every three months, which they could do themselves for free if they wanted to do that. So on their 401ks, they, they're paying typically one to one and a quarter percent. And a lot of them have six, high six, low seven figure balances. So if you're paying one and a quarter percent on a seven figure balance, you're paying $12,500 a year on that million dollars. Yikes. That, that, seems, like, that seems like real money. <laughs> right. That same 401k plan probably has an index fund that charges one one hundredth of a percent or two, two one hundredths of a percent. And you're not using that because you haven't just taken the time to look through the choices and actually, and actually, you know, allocate the prop, allocate it properly. And that's something that we do for all of our, our, our listeners when they come in and do a financial plan with us. And we have um, about eight spots left. That sounds great. Steve, take, take advantage of it. 800-705-9995. It's a comprehensive financial review. There's no cost. There's no obligation. And you walk out the door with a roadmap that'll help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. Make that call today. 800-705-9995. Market volatility is just a fact. The ups and downs can be an emotional roller coaster, especially in your retirement. When we come back, some steps to take to keep the calm. Welcome back, everybody. The Retirement Referee, that's the show. Steve Caruso is here guiding the way. He is our coach today. Uh, he is an author, best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Uh, he's been helping folks for more than 20 years getting to and through retirement. You can learn more about Steve and what he does and how he does it at laurelws.com. That's Laurel Wealth Solutions, but that's laurelws.com is the website. Jot that down, visit when you can. Um, and so, Steve, you know, we've been... This show has been an amazingly fast show, um, and let's let's just talk about this. You talk about market volatility, and boy, 2021 certainly had its share of that, and we're seeing more of the same in, in 2022 thus far, aren't we? Yeah, no, it, and I would I would say that it's here to stay. Um, you know, we have a couple of different things going on uh, in terms of, you know, both with COVID and then certain political risks and things like that that cause volatility. But there's also, uh, I would, I, I'm going to call it an oh shoot factor to keep it, to keep the language clean. <laughs> You're wise. But, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, like there's, when you've made a lot of money, which a lot of people have made a lot of money in the markets over the last couple of years, the second there's a, a smidge of volatility there's a, a wave of people that want to hit the ed exits because they say, oh, I don't want to lose the gain I made. And you're not trying to time the market if you're allocated properly. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're allocated um, and you've segmented your, your investments based on the timing of when they're going to 
the money is actually going to be used, then theoretically the money that's in the market should be long-term money. And it's the, the way you make money in the stock market is by staying invested for the long-term and not trying to move and trade each single gyration. I was talking to a client earlier this week and she has an account where um, it's sort of her funny money, but she trades it. So um, she set aside $25,000, which is a small percentage of her overall net worth, but she trades it on her own. And I said, oh, you must have had a, a really good run the last two years. And she said, no, I made less than less than $2,000. So she made less than 10% in, in a market that went up over 60% because she was trying to, to trade in and out of stuff. And instead of just leaving it in an index fund, like she did with the core of her holdings and the index fund did significantly better than what she did on her own. And so that, and that's that kind of jumping on the, the bandwagon or that, you know, believing the hype um, it can, can lead to bad, bad decisions. Sure. And, you know, probably one of the things that I get a lot of questions on is crypto, right? And oh, I'll so, bet you get a ton of questions on that. <laughs> yeah. And so what do we do with crypto, right? So is crypto something that you should be invested in? Is there a future in crypto? I think there is probably a future in crypto, but is it something that you should take money that you're not comfortable losing and put it in there? Absolutely not. So you should treat it like money that you're taking to the casino <laughs> and money that you can afford to lose. You shouldn't be taking a, a big chunk of your allocation and putting it to crypto. If you wanted to um, invest, you know, two or certainly no more than 3% of your allocation in something like crypto and you put it there and forgot about it, um, I think it makes sense. If you're trying to trade in and out of it, again, I don't think that makes sense because it just, it swings too wildly. Um, and I'm not 100% sure that all of these different currencies are going to survive. The comparison I was making to a client um, the other day is that, and that, I've been in the industry long enough to remember the 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 dot com bubble. Oh yeah. And so there were anything with dot com after it went up triple digit percentages um between maybe 1998 and 90 in 2000, 2000 March of 2000. And then all of a sudden the rug got pulled out from under it and a lot of the companies didn't survive. Now sure Amazon was one of those companies and that did really well. Um, but for every Amazon, there was probably 10 excite at homes that went completely belly up. Right. And so, you know, that's so, and I, I think it's the same thing, the same type of reckoning is going to happen at some point in, in crypto. And so I would just be cautious, um, and not invest money that you can't afford to lose. If you're treating it like kind of funny money that, you know, you're not worried about and it's money that you don't need, uh, and you're just putting it there with the hope that it, it skyrockets that that's fine. But if it's, if it's your core investment, you don't want it. You don't want to have too much of your, your net worth tied up in crypto. Are there any ETFs that are crypto or is that something that's a little taboo yet? No, there are, okay. um, there are ways, there are ways to, to allocate to crypto within a, a, a brokerage account. But again, it shouldn't be a big percentage of your allocation. You could use it as a diversifier okay. the same way people use gold or silver as a diversifier. Okay. All right. Well, that makes um, sense. Sure. So let's just keep going here. And, and we talk about, uh, we talked about this. I don't know. I don't remember if it was the last show or the, well, yeah, it was the last show. We talked a bit about estate planning and, and how important that is and, and how that 
becomes an important part of our plan that often people will put off way too long. Right. And so you're, we're all going to pass away. No one likes to talk about it. Right. But, right. Um, you know, it, it could happen sooner or it could happen later, but it's going to happen. And so if you know where your money is ultimately earmarked for, you can make decisions. And so I was talking three nights ago to a client that their brother passed away unexpectedly. And he was in the process of doing his estate plan, but he didn't change, he didn't finish it. Um, and he had a girlfriend who he didn't really want to get the money anymore. And she got all of the money much to the chagrin of the rest of the family. Um, and you know, it causes a lot of am animosity. Um, and that, so that, that's one, that's one situation where, you know, you wanted to change it. You didn't. And he actually had a, a will and everything done, but he, he wanted to change it. The more, the more, um, likely scenario is that you don't, you've done nothing or you've been unclear in your instructions. And what that does is that can lead to friction between family members, because what happens is, for example, if you haven't laid out where your accounts are, who, where you want those accounts to go, what happens invariably is that one of your children or one of your family members will say, I remember mom having, you know, a safe with gold bars in it. And you went into the house after she passed away, you must've taken it. And then it causes, it causes friction because there's, there's ambiguity. And so again, what estate planning does and what having the proper documents in place does is it clears up ambiguity. The, the time to do these documents is while you're healthy and, and of good mind, not when you're in the hospital and you need someone to make decisions for you and you haven't assigned a healthcare proxy, right? So that you want to get this stuff done. It's very important. And it's something that we look at in all of our, in all, all of our financial plans. It's something we definitely ask you about. And, and again, folks, if you want to get a head start, it's 800-705-9995. And, you know, we, we have to, you know, I think you just said this earlier where you talk about a long-term strategy and, and how we have to really reverse engineer our retirement plan. And if you look at it that way, if you start at the end and start working back, by the time you get to where you started, you're going to be excited. Yeah, no, and that that's and that's it. And so one of the things that our plans do is we show you we, we project you living out to 90 and we'll show you based on your current spending uh, and your projected spending when we factor in inflation and taxes, here's how much money will be left over when you're 90 years old. Now, that's not an exact science, obviously. A lot of things can change between now and the time that you're, you're 90 years old, but having a sense of what that number is and knowing, hey, this is going to go to someone, it helps make decisions. It helps make much better decisions. Sure. All right. Well, and we uh, still have about four spots left, I believe. Okay. Well, again, folks, take advantage of this thing. Time is running out. 800-705-9995. You'll get the comprehensive financial review. You're going to see where you are today, as Steve just said. But more importantly, you'll have that roadmap you can check in with and see where you need to be at particular times along the way. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. A busy week for our listeners sending us questions. We'll tackle as many as we can right after this short break.
we are back on the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm Steve Siddall, and uh, this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, of course, Steve's been helping folks for more than 20 years getting to and through retirement. Steve, your specialty, if you will, or your, your sweet spot is that distribution preservation stage, that transition from the saving and accumulation and then to the distribution preservation. Exactly. I've been focused on that the majority of my career now going on 20 years of just being focused on retirement distribution planning. Um, as you mentioned, you know, obviously I wrote a book on the topic, but the it, it's such a much different skill set than planning for retirement because the the changes happen more rapid fire. They impact your money more. You need to have an active relationship with someone who's skilled in this area who's reviewing your your plan and helping you get through retirement. So we a lot of times we give we give uh lip service to that and we say, you know, helping you to and through retirement. Right. Well, the the through retirement is is the important part, right? <laughs> you it's, make a point. Yes. And so a lot of financial advisors are good at getting you to retirement, but it's the getting you through retirement and that's um you know, a completely different mindset and different skill set. Well, and again, with the number of baby boomers, you know, turning 65 and, and retiring pretty much every day, I mean, that, you know, where you are in terms of how you're helping people is, is really important. And and I know that you even take time to, to teach other advisors about how to handle that distribution preservation phase. I do. Yeah. It's something I've been doing. Uh, I've been teaching now for 12 years. Oh, so, wow. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's it's good to to kind of to to know that people are going out there and actually um, and using the things that I taught. So that's, sure. Uh, well, folks, if you good. want to learn a little bit more, it's laurelws.com, laurelws.com. That's the website. You can learn more about Steve and what he does and how he does it. Um, let's jump into a couple of these questions while we've got some time. Uh, Kate says, uh, I'm a 64-year-old single woman trying to get rid of some debt. I want to take 125000 out of my IRA and pay off my mortgage, and everyone tells me not to. What do you think? Well, I know you've got some opinions here, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Kate, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they're right. Um, you know, taking 125,000 out of your IRA is going to catapult you into a much higher tax bracket. And yes, it's nice to have the mortgage paid off. I don't know a hundred percent what your interest rate is on the mortgage, but you're definitely going to be increasing your effective tax rate by a lot more than what the percentage you're paying on the mortgage. Number one. And if you really, really wanted to get out of the mortgage debt, what you could do is you could take it as a systematic withdrawal. So say your mortgage payment, and I don't know the numbers on your mortgage payment, Kate, but let's just say it's $2,000 a month, right? Okay. What you could do is you could take an extra $24,000 a year out of your 401k and put it towards the mortgage. And then the hope is, is that the 401k is growing at a percentage faster than what you're paying on the, the interest in the mortgage. But at least there you're managing your tax bracket. So you're not catapulting yourself into a much higher tax bracket. So these are decisions that should be made in the context of a plan. And I think if you see it laid out in a financial plan, you'll see, all right, this, 
while it feels good to pay off the mortgage, it's not the right decision financially. Sure. And again, Kate, if you'd like to learn some more, it's 800-705-9995. And uh, let's see here. Steve has checked in. He says, I'm, I'm 65. I'm going to retire next year. Uh, I have about $150,000 in my Roth IRA and about four fifty dollars in my 401k. Now, does it matter which one I start taking money from first or should I just take a little bit here, a little bit there? Yeah, it, it does matter, actually, Steve. And so, again, we always want to make these decisions in the context of a plan. But if I was to say in in a general sense, I, I'm always in favor of deferring the Roth IRA longer. The reason is the, benef- the whole benefit of the Roth IRA is the tax-free growth. The other thing is that your IRA at seven years from now is going to require you to take minimum distributions. So if you need money today, and you're, you're taking it from the pre-tax money, then your balance is going to be smaller when you get to 72, which means you're going to be required to take less. Whereas if you deferred that, now it's, it, there's, it's possible that your minimum distribution could be more than what you need to meet your lifestyle. And now you're paying taxes, extra taxes on money that you're not spending. So most likely I would say to take it from the, the, the pre-tax portion, but again, you'd want to make that decision in the context of a plan. Okay. All right. 800-705-9995. Um, let's see. we got time for one more. Let's go to um, Marv. Marv says, uh, is wondering, he says, what, are, what advantages are there to contributing to a traditional IRA if I do not qualify for a deduction? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So this is a great question, Marv. Uh, th- this is one of those things that a lot of us grapple with, right? Because... Um, Yes, you're not getting the deduction, but you're getting the tax deferral. So what it what it's equivalent to is the same as like a non-qualified annuity, where on a non-qualified annuity, you're putting money in, it's growing tax deferred, and then ultimately you're going to have to pay tax on the earnings. Um, so you could do the IRA, um, you know, but the, you could that could easily be replicated and not have the the um, the restrictions. Uh, you know, if you were just using, say, an annuity as opposed to the traditional IRA, um, there is a benefit to tax de- deferral, meaning you're not getting a 1099 on interest that you're not spending. However, most of the time, if you have the money to, to do an after-tax contribution to a traditional IRA, you probably also have other money that you could be saving in, say, a brokerage account. Now, if you're in a brokerage account that and you're buying an ETF or exchange traded fund, like an index fund that's tax managed, where meaning it's not paying an excessive amount of dividends and they're not trading and having capital gains distributions. That's quasi tax deferred, right? Because sure. if you're not selling it, you're not paying taxes on it. If it's not distributing, if it's paying a very, you know, you're maybe you're paying taxes on the, the the minuscule dividend that they're giving one. But if you're if you're in one that's not paying a dividend, it's a growth oriented ETF, it's quasi tax deferred. Or if you're in a growth stock, it's quasi tax deferred unless you're selling it. The difference is, is when you sell it, you get a, you, you have long-term capital gains as long as you've held it for more than a year. And long-term capital gains are taxed at a preferential rate compared to the IRA, which is going to ultimately be taxed as income. Now, there is one little side note to doing those after-tax contributions is that you could ultimately convert it to Roth and only you know pay the income taxes on on that, um, and then have the later on get the tax free growth. 
So it's not completely without merit, but there are other things that you could do and, and other strategies. And these are things, again, that we would walk you through in, in, a, in a plan. And we still have, I think, two more spots left. So um, we are willing to put that together for our listeners every single week. It's a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And there's no cost, no obligation, folks. It just starts to talk, starts, <laughs> wish I could talk. It starts with a phone call, 705-800-705-9995. You heard Steve, you'll get a comprehensive financial review. There's no cost, there's no obligation. You walk out the door with that roadmap that can help guide you on your road to retirement. 800-705-9995. Make the call today while you're thinking of it. Don't procrastinate. 800-705-9995. Steve, as always, a pleasure to have these conversations. I mean, it's great information, great insight that, uh, you know, you just don't hear every day. No, we love doing it. Um, We'll be back here again next Sunday. And thank you, Orlando, for listening. The information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management, LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. 